day with understanding. As the Holy Scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, open our hearts and our minds to more readily accept you, Lord. May Jesus Christ be our key for unlocking the mystery of faith and for opening the door to your kingdom. By your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church. And let God's people say, Amen. Our reading today comes from Revelation to John, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I'll be honest, in this series about the mystery of faith, the first two messages were a lot easier to prepare for. Because we started with, Christ has died. And then last Sunday, we talked about that Christ is risen. This third one, though, is hard because it has so many different meanings and it has so many different ideas attached to it. So when we think about the idea that Christ will come again, sometimes it's hard to even imagine what that would begin to look like. And so I started thinking about what exactly that means. And I think the one that pops up in our heads most often is we think about Christ coming in final victory and we think about all the things that have been written about it, and we've had books upon books upon books trying to explain it, and we've got fiction that tries to tell the story of what will happen in the last days, and most of it is based on our own wants, our own wishes, and our own ideas. People have tried to predict when it will happen. I can't count the number of predictions that have been made about the exact date and time that Christ will come again in final victory to the earth. Because they've all been wrong. And it shouldn't have been a surprise that they would be wrong because we're told that we're not going to know the time and we're not going to know anything about it until we see it happening. But we're bad at that. We're bad at it because we like to go, well, this is what's going to happen. And so we're going to predict it and we're going to make sure that we can say we know what's going to happen. And so we guess. And we make up stories the best we can based on what little information we have. And 
And I think sometimes the idea of what it would mean for Christ to come again gets lost. Because we get so focused on the details. We don't think about what that means for us. And the more I start thinking about it, the more I start wondering if maybe part of the mystery is that Christ is always coming again. That sometimes we get so caught up in thinking about the final victory, we don't think about Christ appearing to us each and every day. That yes, we look forward to a time where Christ will come and put an end to suffering, put an end to fear, put an end to hate, put an end to shame. That there will be no more tears when his kingdom comes and we feast at his heavenly banquet. But then again, we're far removed from the biblical authors. We're far removed from being able to say that there were people that we might have known that sat at Jesus' feet hearing him preach, that there were people who witnessed the crucifixion, that there were people who witnessed the resurrection. So when John talks about even those who pierced him will see him, we're so far removed from all of them that it should be a distant memory. And yet here we are. Here we are because in some ways Christ has already come again into each and every one of our lives. Then he is, he was, and he will be. And that's hard to explain. And that's part of the mystery, because when I think of something that was, it was. It no longer is. And when I think of something that is, it's here and it's now, and it's not going to come later because it's already here. But Christ defies our logic, because he goes beyond our human understanding. And I started wondering if maybe we so desperately want to know because we want to know more about Christ's final victory so that we can understand his role in our life today. But I think understanding his role in our life today helps us understand the final victory more than anything. Because too often we get caught up about waiting. We go, well, things are bad, but if we wait, Christ will come again and put an end to all suffering. If we just sit down and we wait, Christ will wipe away every tear and it'll all be done and everything will be made new and he will come and fix it all. The problem is, is that if we sit and we wait for the kingdom... We don't do anything to build the kingdom here and now. And that's what God has called us to. To build the kingdom. To make disciples. To see the Christ that has come again into our lives now. 
Because maybe Christ is coming into our life as the person standing out on the corner asking for a handout so that they can find their next meal. And maybe Christ is the woman sitting alone in her room wishing that somebody would come to visit her. Maybe Christ is coming again to us as the man in a hospital bed wishing that somebody would check in on him because he is scared and alone. Maybe Christ comes to us as the child looking for somebody to look out for them. That maybe Christ is coming into our lives every And maybe he's giving us the opportunity every day to begin building that kingdom here and now. I could wait for Christ to come in final victory and establish his kingdom, but, but what I say, I'm glad you're here and that you did the heavy lifting because, boy, I didn't really want to have to do all of that. What am I going to say when I finish this leg of my journey? Because in my life now, I come again into my life when this mortal life is done. And then what will I say? Well, Jesus, I was waiting for you to show up and do everything you told me to do. That would be a bit of an embarrassing conversation to have. Now we are called to clothe the naked, to feed the hungry, to visit the sick, to care for the prisoner, to look out for the least and the last, because the last will be first and the first will be last. To love the way that Christ loved us. To love the way that Christ loves us still. To love the way that Christ will love us. And we know how he loves us. God loved us so much, he sent his son into this world to teach us, to help us, to guide us and lead us. He loved us so much that he gave up his own mortal life on a cross so that we could find everlasting life. Rose from the grave to show us that there was something beyond this life. loves us still to guide us and lead us to our eternal home. Loves us to make us new. Loves us to make someone who is unworthy, worthy. To make someone who is unloved, loved. Someone who is unclean, clean. The love that Christ gives is a love willing to sacrifice all for others. I could try to tell you what I think the heavenly banquet will be like when Christ comes in final victory. What it will all look like and what it will all be like and the best I can give you is 
the image that forms in my head. Because even John, in his great revelation, remarks that it's a vision. I don't know if John's vision was something that was made so that he would understand it, if it was made so that I would understand it, or if it's somewhere in between. But I know that whenever Jesus talked about the kingdom, he told us what it was like, but never what it is. And I think it's because he knew that we would never quite comprehend in this life something that is so good. Something that is so purely holy. Because it's hard when we walk around in this flesh to think about a life without any sort of pain. I wake up in the morning and I pop my neck because it's stiff and it hurts a little. Sometimes I'm on my feet too long, they get sore. And I accept that that's just part of life, and it's hard to imagine a life without any of that. And if I can't imagine a life where my feet don't occasionally hurt, how am I ever going to be able to comprehend life with the God who breathed me into existence? What I do know, what I do know is that it'll be good. It'll be good because we're told it'll be better than anything we could ever imagine. That everything will be made new. And that it'll be done through Christ, who is the first and the last. And it'll be done through us. Because we have been given the task of building the kingdom here and now. Of doing our best to try to make that a reality. And we do it because Christ is always with us. And is always coming again into our lives. There to give us hope. There to guide us. There to lead us. There to inspire us. There to comfort us. There to celebrate with us and to mourn with us. There to remind us. We aren't to wait for Him to come to us. When Christ comes, we go out and we find Him. And we do it by being in ministry to a broken world in need of His love, in need of His mercy, in need of His forgiveness. We usher it in with every act of kindness. With every little thing that we do, if we remember that Christ is with us, then we don't get hung up on the beginning and the end. Because too often we think about Christ as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And we see Christ here, and we see Christ here, and we go, well, this happened, and now I'm waiting for this, and we forget that being the Alpha and the Omega doesn't mean He's bookends. 
It means He is here, here, and everything in between. And that's where we are right now. There's a great mystery when I say Christ will come again because I don't fully understand what that means. And I've come to realize that that's okay. There's plenty about God I don't understand. There is plenty about Christ that I can't comprehend. Why he would die for me, for my sin. Why he would share his resurrection with me when I know I'm undeserving. And why he would come again into my life to help me. Thankful. I'm thankful for this mystery. I'm thankful for this thing that confuses me and gives me joy. Because it helps me realize that there may be plenty in life I don't understand, but under that there is a God who loves me and loves you. A God who is there for each and every one of us. Who comes every time that we call His name. Who is there every time we seek Him. Who is there to guide us, to lead us, to help us. I don't have to understand why to be thankful. I don't have to understand why Sing his praises. All I know is that in Christ I find acceptance like no other. I find mercy that is unceasing. I find forgiveness when I can't forgive myself. And I find hope. Hope that no matter what may happen in this life, that God is still writing my story. And God is still helping me. And that Christ will come again. Today, tomorrow, when my journey is over and when he comes in final victory. And I know that whenever I need him, all I have to do is seek and I will find. Know that Christ has died that Christ is risen, and that Christ will come again. And know that that is the hope that keeps us going, the love that lets us stand firm, and the joy, even in the deepest of sorrows, that lets us carry on and know that God is always looking ahead, not at the end of our story, but for what comes next. Amen.